My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm in Ephesus sitting on the ruins of the gymnasium. Now, this city actually had two very large gymnasiums, but you can see from these fragments, this gymnasium was enormous. By the way, the word gymnasium is from the Greek word gymnazo, which means to exercise while naked. The men who came into these places stripped of everything and exercise with all of their might. Now, why in the world am I talking to you about that? Because in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7, the Apostle Paul says to Timothy and to me and to you, but refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself unto godliness. That word godliness really carries the idea of a radical, fanatical commitment. The word exercise is the word gumnadzo, which means to exercise while naked, strip off every appendage, everything that would hinder you, give it everything you've got. So when Paul says exercise yourself into godliness, he's not saying give it a try. He's saying be committed all the way to the end. Your goal is to be radically, fanatically committed. And to reach that goal, you've got a strip of every appendage in your life that is hindering you in any way exercise, exercise, exercise yourself until you are radically, fanatically committed. That is God's call for you. And if you're eating a bunch of silly doctrine, you'll never become that radical, fanatical believer that Jesus wants you to be. You've got to consume the right spiritual meat. You've got to be eating the right spiritual diet. And you've got to really give yourself to the Word of God to become the kind of believer that God dreams for you to be, but you can do it. And that is what I'm going to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Thank you for letting me come right into your space today. What a privilege that God will allow you and me to be together through the instrument of media. Today we're going to dive into the Bible and we're going to wrap up this series that I've been doing called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. But first I want to tell you that if you need prayer, please contact us. We're here. We're waiting to hear from you right now. One of the greatest moments of my day is when I talk to my office and I find out how many people called for prayer. We are really praying for you. So contact us and we will pray with you. We're praying for you anyway. So when we hear from you, it just lets us know how to pray for you better. And I'm offering you my series today for the very last time on the program called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. It's based on these programs. It comes in multiple formats. It's 15 parts and it comes with a great study guide. Also today is the last day we're offering you my book called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. The foreword is written by my friend, John Bevere. The back of the book says, we're living in a day when countless multitudes have lost their way morally and spiritually. Like a ship without an anchor, they are veering off track. What do we need to do to stay on track? What do we need to do to keep our heads on straight? Do you ever watch the news and think, ay, 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 what are people thinking? Well, the Holy Spirit prophesied, nonsense would invade society at the end of the age. That's what you're saying. Actually, Jesus said it would be one of the greatest signs that we've come to the very conclusion of the age. All of that is in this book. And by the way, 
When you read this book, you won't just wring your hands and say, oh my, it's so terrible. I give you practical advice on what you need to do to keep your head on straight and how you can help others. So order your copy today, order several, because this is a book you're going to want to share with someone else. Today, we're wrapping up our series called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. Now, don't change the channel. Don't say, oh, I've already heard part of this. You need to hear it again because the Holy Spirit said it in such strong terms. He wants us to really get the message. So today we're going to return to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, where the Apostle Paul is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he writes these words. Now the Spirit speaks expressly. Oh, this is so strong in Greek. When it says now, it's almost like Paul says, now hear this. I want you to really hear what I'm about to say, because what I'm about to say, the Spirit speaks expressly. From the Greek word retus, it describes something that is categorically going to take place, what he says is so clear, it is unmistakable. You cannot confuse it. What he is about to describe is something that cannot be altered through our prayers. This is something that's just going to happen whether we like it or not. The Holy Spirit is speaking very matter of fact. And he says, this know also, now the Spirit speaks expressly, clearly, that in the latter times. The word latter is the Greek word husteros. That word husteros is amazing. It describes the very end of something and when nothing's left. When you come to the end and there's no more time left, when you've come to the very end of the age, actually the Greek says latter times. The word times is the Greek word kairos. It's really the word for seasons. So when you've come to the end and there's no more seasons in front of you, the clock is ticking. You're coming right up to the very end of the age. The Holy Spirit says some shall depart from the faith. Now, there's going to be a departure from common sense in society at large. But in this verse, he's talking about a departure from the faith inside the church. That's what the Holy Spirit is prophesying. And my dear friend, we're saying it. Be very careful about who you listen to. Use your gut to discern what is right and what is wrong. You know, if you go to a restaurant and you see in the restaurant, the door, the floors are dirty and the plates are dirty. And you pick up a cup and you see somebody's lipstick on the cup. Are you going to eat the food in that restaurant? You're probably going to walk out because it's dirty. If you eat there, you're going to get sick. Likewise, you need to be careful about what you consume. Are you eating good, healthy food that's going to make you strong? Or are you ingesting things that are going to make you spiritually sick? Be careful about what you eat. We're commanded in Scripture to use our head and to keep our head on straight. And the Holy Spirit prophesies at the end of the age, some are going to begin departing from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Giving heed is a Greek word, pros echo. Pros means to lean towards something. The word echo means to embrace. They're leaning towards something new to embrace it to take it into their lives and to implement it into their lives. But they can't embrace the new thing unless they release the old thing. This is very important. This is exactly why Jude told us in Jude verse 3 that we need to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Rather than release the faith, we need to contend for the faith. When people are trying to lead us off track, when people are telling us that we need to adapt to the more new moral mindset, 
hey friend, we need to keep our head on straight and rather than be open-minded, we need to contend for the truth. You know, some people are so open-minded, their brains have nearly fallen out. God gave you a brain and God wants you to use your brain. It's like this day we live in when people don't know if they're men and people don't know if they're women. And oh, I recently saw a program where a parent said, the last thing I want to do is put pressure on my little boy to feel like he's a little boy. So every morning when I wake up, I ask him, honey, do you feel more like a boy today or do you feel more like a girl? If my little boy feels like a girl that day, then I'll treat him like he's a girl. If he feels like he's a boy, I'll treat him like he's a boy. The next day, if he feels differently, I'll treat him differently. What confusion and nonsense. And think about what that does for that child. It's basically saying to that child, we don't know who you are. We don't know what you are and we don't know what you'll be. That is creating life confusion and identity crisis for that child. As parents, we need to be saying, God made you to be a great little boy. You're going to be a good man. God made you to be a super girl. You're going to grow up to be a powerful woman. We need to be strengthening them, not confusing them. But you see, we're living in a day when people are embracing nonsense. And the Apostle Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1, people will begin to give heed. They're going to release what they once believed. They're going to walk away from the solid path they once walked upon and they're going to begin turning toward to embrace seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Well, nobody wants to embrace seducing spirits. If they knew it was spiritual and demonic, they wouldn't do it. That's why it's called seducing. This is very methodical. It's very seducing. It happens over a period of time. It is societal modification. It is changing the way one thinks. You know, people don't just wake up and become reprobate overnight. It happens one step at a time, day after day after day after day after day. I liken it to a drop of water. One drop of water by itself doesn't have a whole lot of power. Just a drop of water. But one drop of water on top of another drop and another drop and another drop and another drop and another drop, the repeated dropping of that water, one after another, thousands and thousands and thousands of drops of water steadily all day long, every day, over a period of time, has a cumulative effect so powerful, it can beat a hole through rock. That's the way the devil works. He doesn't just come and try to beat a hole today, but it's one drop at a time, one insinuation at a time. It is continual bombardment of the mind with images. And we live in this world where social media is so powerful. We're being bombarded with messages all the time. And the cumulative effect of all those messages, the intention is to modify us, to release what once was true and to embrace doctrines of demons. Hmm. Friend, that's where we are. The word doctrines, the Greek word didaskalia, it describes something well-packaged, well-packaged, or we find the devil's going to come with a real public relations program that is so convincing, it is so well-packaged, it's going to be packaged in the courts, it's going to be promoted in the schools, it's going to be paraded in front of us on the television, social media, in the movies, by celebrities, hitting people from every direction to modify the way people think to accept a new reality. Now, we've already seen that the world is going to become a lawless place. Jesus prophesied this in Matthew chapter 24 
And the Apostle Paul prophesied this in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2. I'm sorry, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The world's going to become a lawless place. The word lawless does not mean everybody's going to be abandoned. doesn't mean that. But the word lawless is the Greek word anomas, anomia. From the word nomas, which is law, and the word a, a privative, which reverses the condition of people who no longer have a fixed moral standard. It is the elimination of fixed moral standards. Now everything is floating, everything is in flux, and the world will become lawless, which means the world at large, society at large at the very end of the age will reject the long-held teachings of the Bible, the standard of Scripture, and they will enter into a period where there are no fixed moral standards. And finally, when the world has discarded the Bible generally, it will finally be a place where a man of lawlessness can come to power. When the world becomes without Scripture and the world just floats on societal whims, the Bible no longer has a voice, the Apostle Paul prophesied that is when the man of lawlessness will come to power. And that, of course, is the Antichrist. That's where all of this is leading. You see, there's a sinister plan that is working. And unfortunately, the Holy Spirit prophesies in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, this sinister plan will try to worm its way inside the church as well. And even people in the church will be affected by this worldwide sinister modification. We do not need to be among that number. We need to keep our heads on straight. But Paul says some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. He uses this word devils very clearly to tell us where this sinister teaching is coming from. It's a worldwide modification. The Apostle Paul calls it the mystery of iniquity, trying to lead the world into a moment of lawlessness where finally the Antichrist will come to power to rule the world. That's where all this is headed. But Paul tells Timothy, and he tells you and me, that we need to keep our head on straight, and if we eat the right spiritual diet, we won't be duped with everybody else. And that diet is described in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6. And in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6, look at what Paul says. He says, If you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up. There's that word nourished. The Greek word in trefle. And I'm going to read to you from my notes. This word in trefle literally means, are you ready? I'm going to read to you. First of all, the tense is continuous. So whatever you're being nourished up in, you need to be nourished up in continuously. It means to put into the mouth, to taste, to digest, to ingest, to incorporate into your system. It describes the diet that is required to make one healthy and strong, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine. We covered this in the last program. If you didn't hear it, I want to urge you to go to the archives and listen to it because it is really very powerful. You have to eat the right thing if you want to be spiritually strong. You've got to have the right spiritual diet and the right spiritual diet to keep your head on straight is words of faith and of good doctrine. Words of faith refers to good faith teaching, victorious teaching, principles that will help you be well physically, spiritually. It will help you be well mentally, financially. You need words of faith that will put victory in your life. 
and you also need good doctrine. That's good verse-by-verse verse teaching of the Bible. Verse-by-verse verse teaching of the Bible puts you on a foundation. Words of faith put you over the top. Good doctrine puts you on a foundation. You've got to have both of these. But then, when you come to verse 7, listen to what Paul says to Timothy, and he says it to you and me too. He says, but refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Whatever this old wives' fables is, it's so bad, Paul says we are to refuse it. The word refuse is a Greek word which means reject, refuse, decline, snub it, avoid it, avert it, decisively turn away from it. It denotes the attitude of one who is so disgusted with something that he is resolved, he will have nothing to do with it. It is one who avoids, averts, shuns, rejects, and declines any form of participation in something. Paul could not have used a stronger word. He said, avoid it, avert it, snub it, have nothing to do with it, be repulsed by it, run from it, decline to have any form of participation in. And then he says, profane and old wives' Fables. The word profane, believe it or not, is the Greek word babelos. Listen to what it means. It signifies something so nasty it shouldn't be permitted inside a person's home. It was even used in the first century to describe manure. Let me ask you, would you want manure in your house? Do you think it'd be normal to sit around your living room with a pile of manure that your dog left in the middle of the living room and you just to leave it there and live with the manure right there? That's the word that is used here, the Greek word bibelos, the word profane. It means to have nothing to do with it. It describes something just so terrible. It should never be brought across the threshold of your house. It should never get into your house. So whatever Paul is talking about, he says, this is nasty teaching. Have nothing to do with it. Snub it, avoid it, avert it, decline from any participation in any manure that somebody's trying to drop in your life. He's talking about bad teaching. Bad teaching. Wow, that's pretty strong language. And then he says, wow. He calls it old wives' fables. Old wives in Greek is a very interesting word. It's bad, bad translation here. It really describes um, something that is senile, something that is nonsensical, gibberish, just crazy. It's really what he's talking about. Teaching that is so off track, it's like senile conclusions. It's just gibberish. It's nonsense. And when he says tales, the word tales is a Greek word muthos. The word muthos means a myth or a fantasy. Stories that are told in replacement of truth. That's what a tale is. The Greek word muthos, tales or stories that are told in replacement of truth. It depicts false accounts or unsubstantiated tales that are perpetrated in the place of truth. It means nonsensical and untrustworthy ideas produced by defective thinkers. You need to think about what you believe. You need to really think about what you're listening to and see Hey, does this teaching really work right? Does it have a right conclusion if I follow it all the way to the end? 
Paul says, if you allow bad stuff to come into your house, you've allowed something nasty and stinking like a pile of manure to be dumped in your personal life. It will create a stink in your life. So really think about what you're allowing into your life. What are you allowing across the threshold of your life to come right into your life? What you allow in is going to determine what you become. Paul says, instead of entertaining old wives' tales, nonsensical gibberish, he says, exercise yourself unto godliness. The word exercise is the Greek word gymnazo. This word gymnazo was a word, it's where we get the word gymnasium, but the word gymnazo described athletes who came into a big building, they came into a sports complex, and as they came in, they were stripping off their clothes. And the reason they were stripping off their clothes is they didn't want any appendage to affect them as they worked out and developed. It's a picture of stripping off of everything that would hinder your development. So when Paul says, exercise yourself into godliness, it's a lot more than exercise. Strip of everything that would impede your spiritual growth. Strip of every bad thing you've been listening to. Get the garbage out of your life. Remove the stinking manure, the nasty stuff you've been listening to. Get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it, and then exercise. Give yourself 100% to spiritual development. He says unto godliness, the word godliness is a Greek word eusebia. The word eusebia can describe reverence or piety, but in this case, it describes a radical, fanatical commitment a radical, fanatical commitment where you excel spiritually. You become that minister that brings Jesus Christ pleasure that Paul describes in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6. You see, friend, even though the world goes crazy, you don't have to keep your head on straight. Give yourself to the Word of God and exercise yourself by good teaching, verse by verse teaching of the Bible, combined with victorious teachings of faith. And these two things together will make you the kind of believer that brings Jesus pleasure. You'll become so exercised and so fit, it will not only affect you, but you'll be equipped to put a foundation under other people's lives. We're out of time, but this has been so good. I'll be back in just a moment, and I'm going to pray for you. The world is changing. In fact, it's more than changed. It's gone crazy. We are living in a world where faith is questioned and sin is welcome, where people seem to have lost their minds about what is right and wrong. It seems truth has been turned upside down. In Rick Renner's new book, How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy, Rick reveals the disastrous consequences of a society in spiritual and moral collapse. In this book, you'll discover what Christians need to be doing to stay out of the chaos and anchor to truth. You'll learn how to stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit, discern right and wrong teaching, how to be grounded in prayer, and how to be spiritually prepared for living in victory in these last days. Leading ministers from around the world are calling this book essential for every believer. And right now, it's available for just $20. You can also order the 15-part teaching series when you call or go online right now. Rick takes you deep into New Testament prophecies about the end of the age and what you need to do to sail successfully through turbulent end-time waters. Available in digital or physical formats starting at just $24. Get the book, How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy, for just $20. And don't miss this powerful teaching series. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.
my friend, I need to speak to you very directly and honestly just for a moment. We need your help. You say, Rick, how do you need our help? Well, our ministry is bursting at the seams. We're so thankful that people around the world are tuning in to listen to our program because they feel like they finally found teaching they can trust. I hope that you feel the same way too. Well, if this program has been a blessing to you, just magnify that by people all over the planet that are tuning in to listen to our teaching. And they're reaching out to us for prayer. They're calling us for resources, for spiritual support. And that is a God-given responsibility. And we take this very, very seriously. But because we're bursting at the seams, we have to make some physical changes in our office in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We have outgrown our building and we need a new building and we have found one and it is fully furnished. At the same time, we are expanding our studio in Moscow and it takes a lot of money to build a TV studio. These are two very large projects that are taking place simultaneously and we can do it, but we need your help to do it. And I'm asking you to please pray about becoming a part of this project and give into our ministry to help us expand. We're told in Isaiah chapter 54 to strengthen your stakes, lengthen your cords, get ready for growth. And my friends, God is really responding to us and he's sending us growth. And now it's time for us to do what we have to do to accommodate the people that God wants us to help. Would you help us help them by enabling us to expand so we can better take care of people. And if your heart is saying, yes, I can be a part of this, if you would just go online to our website, you'll see how you can give or give us a call right now and we'll talk with you and we'll pray for you as together we expand. Well, today is the last day in this series, and have we ever had a great time studying how to keep your head on straight in a world gone crazy. By the way, I'm offering you my series by that name. It's 15 parts, how to keep your head on straight in a world gone crazy. Order it today. And we're also offering you my book that you have to have. You've got to order this book. It's called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. The foreword is written by my friend, John Bevere, whom I respect so much. But so many leaders have endorsed this book and they're saying to me, I want everybody in my church, I want everybody in my ministry to read this book. This is a book people have to read. In fact, many leaders said, Rick, thank you for writing the book we didn't know how to write. We didn't know how to say it. You said it for us. You need to read this book. Buy several because this is one you're going to want to give to somebody else. Order it today. It's the last day we're offering it on the program. But I want to tell you, but God's command to you is to exercise yourself unto godliness. You exercise yourself spiritually by obeying God, doing what God tells you to do, walking in the spirit, praying in tongues, and listening to and obeying the word of God. These things will really exercise you spiritually. They'll develop your spiritual muscles. They'll give you common sense. You know, common sense. Huh. If you have common sense today, you're already in a rare category. But when you have common sense, you are already the cream of the crop. You will come to the top. You'll be like the cream on the top of the milk because those who have common sense today, they're rising to the top because common sense seems to have been lost. But the word of God will exercise you. It'll give you common sense. You will be able to discern what is right, what is wrong. The word of God will do it all for you. It will make you radically, fanatically committed. 
Oh, I speak the blessing of God to you in Jesus' name. Remember, Ecclesiastes 8.4, it says, where the word of a king is, there's power. It's the truth. The word of God has all the power you need. If you'll believe it and let it work in your life, it will release its power in you. So go to your Bible today and let the word of God release its power in your life. Thanks for being with me. I'll see you in the next program.